grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. Quick rundown of the show if you are new to the show. I am sober now, but one of my favorite things to do when I was out drinking, doing drugs, partying, and getting in trouble was to hang out with friends, reminisce about party stories, any kind of crazy, fun, tall tales we could tell, and just be an overall good drinking buddy. Again, I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do. So every week, I will be joined by a guest. Today, I am have the honor, nay, the privilege of being joined by the president of the After Disaster Podcast, Emmy Award winner, Mr. Tyler White. That's me. <laughs> what an up? intro. Yeah. You are the president. All hail the chief. Thank you. I assume that uh, that music will be playing underneath this part of the show. <laughs> Joe Dorville is actually the intro to the show, but maybe we'll, we'll, we'll make something Come up. on. Sprinkle some extra sauce on there for me, Joe. <laughs> so, Tyler, tell everyone who's listening, uh, tell everything what you want to plug. Tell them all about what you got going on, anything like that that you want to push. Oh, sure. Uh, so I do a podcast that uh, some people think is worth paying $5 a month for. <laughs> Some people don't think so. <laughs> uh, and they've been you, very vocal about that. They've been very vocal. Um, yeah, uh, you know me, or like you, Brennan, you know me from a podcast called The yes. After Disaster, which we've been doing for almost 11 years. That's upsetting. Suck on that, everyone else who has a podcast now. Yeah, 11 years. Not even 10, 11. Um, I've been there from the beginning, Fluffernutter. What's up? From the beginning. That I'm not sure you should admit that, but, you know. <laughs> uh I used to call it. <laughs> I can't promote a show that is now behind a paywall. Like it's pointless. It's I mean, pointless. you can. Everyone, go check it out. The after disaster. No, don't go check it out. Just check it. No, no you should no, check it out. Don't check it out. There's not. There's you a, have few a lot ran- of catching up to do. Yeah, it's impossible. It's eleven years of inside jokes with three guys. It's who all are like inside jokes. Sometimes funny. Like that's it. That's the show. That's the show. So don't worry about it. I don't really want to promote it. You can follow me on Twitter, Tyler Ruins TV. Uh, get my hot takes, uh, my stupid jokes, and then I'll I'll just hit you with some. Political political shit that I barely really know anything about, um, but I'll act like I do. And then uh, you can uh, check out my digital handiwork on The Late Late Show with James Corden. That's where I peddle my wares doing social media. Um, The team team is growing, so I can't I can't claim, you know, ownership for all content there anymore. But if it's good content, I'll I'll take credit for it. Yeah, I was going to say, because didn't you used to you used to run the whole thing, didn't you? I still do, but now I have actually people like contributing some of the stuff that gets posted as opposed to <laughs> I used to do every single platform, every single post, every single piece of content was oh all God. from me. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. But hey, got you some hardware, man. And it's better than working in a salt mine or a or a you know, on a fracking ship or yeah, is that yeah. is that how is that how fracking works? Is there a ship involved? There's a ship, yeah. You're out in the middle of sea. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's I mean, it. I don't know what else to. Pr- I don't know what else to promote. Uh, follow me on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my 1989 Asuzu Amigo. 
Uh, well, yeah, Tyler Rune's film is like my dabbling with film and uh, Tyler Rune's uh, radio. <laughs> it's a mess. Don't d- don't bother with me online. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's just let's just get into the, the good stuff. All right. So the Tyler Rune's uh, radio handle that came from uh, when you first started out on Loveline. Is that correct? That, that's that's correct. That was I was looking for. I was looking for really. I was looking for a a, a Twitter handle because <laughs> I started working on Loveline in two thousand nine, and that's right around when Twitter launched. And okay. I literally just refused to join until I had a good name and I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to just be Tyler White, even though retrospectively I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one night on the show, I did something stupid and Mike Catherwood was like, that's what he does. That's what Tyler does. Tyler ruins radio. And I was like, now nah, I've got a Twitter handle. Got but it. then I ended up starting working TV. So Tyler ruins radio didn't really make any sense anymore. Um, so... On Twitter, I switched over to Tyler Ruins TV, and on Instagram, I was lazy, and it's still Tyler Ruins Radio. So, there okay, you go. how um how old were you when you started working at Loveline? Like, how did that? Because I've I've grown up in Florida, and I've never really been. Oh, that's too bad. I've never really been around. Like, Loveline is a nationally it was a nationally syndicated show. It's like a pretty big deal, and you're an LA kid. You're from California, so was that like how did that all work? Did you just you know, drop out of school and go do that. Cause I know you quit playing uh, baseball in college and everything like that. Biggest regret, biggest regret, biggest regret. It is my biggest regret. We don't, have to I know I listen. Uh, so yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I quit baseball cause I needed money and I was sick of the team. And, uh, I started cleaning pools for my, oh, high, I forgot my, that. my high school baseball coach. Um, he owned a pool company and he had hired a couple of my friends and it is, I, it was still the best job I've ever had. I was making 800 bucks a month, uh, working two days a week. And on Damn. a good week, on a good week, I was working maybe if I kept, if I kept my pools clean, like monitor the chemicals and stuff, it was, could be like, you could have a four hour day. You could work eight hours, make, you know, eight hours a week, make 800 bucks a month. I had no expenses. I lived at home. It was just my car and my gas. And it, it, I might as well have been a millionaire because yeah, it felt you were like cleaning up. Yeah. It was 90% of my money was fun money. So it was just, yeah, it was a joke. Um, but after like a couple of years of that, I was like, okay, I have to like obviously do something else. Um, and isn't that the I, worst realization? It is a worst. It's a terrible, re- although like ironically, like, I mean, I could have just become a pool man, but yeah, you could have, I mean, I'm still w- waiting tables. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's also, there's a lot of days where I'm sitting in my office or at my dining room table as it may be during pandemic and just staring out the window and go like, I mean, I could just start cleaning pools again. Like I know how to do it. Dude, like, the, I, and you've got the Amigo now, I got put the, the top well, down, I, throw the Yeah, but I can't, there. I can't ruin the, I, I ruined an Isuzu Trooper with, Using that as my pool car, I can't. I couldn't do that to the Amigo. No, it'd be a bummer. Um, you love that Amigo. <laughs> I love it so much. It's the best. It's right out there. You can't see it through the window. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was cleaning pools and uh, I was so tan. Oh, so <laughs> so. Did so your tan. hair lighten up at all? I know a lot of not like, really lifeguard. They get unfortunately no. I didn't really get any streaks. I got pretty dark hair. Um, and I was listening to the iPod all the time. This is back when you actually had, you know, a separate iPod from your phone. Yeah. God, how old does that sound? I um, remember. And I got sick of all the music on there. So I started like, I think I stole my dad's like, my dad was a wallpaper hanger. So he had all the like working equipment, including like working 
like a Discman or a Walkman, Sony Walkman thing. So I use that as a radio. And I just started listening to talk radio. And I was like, oh, I want to get into radio. Like, this is fun. I could do this. I could shoot the shit with the boys. Yeah. Um, and I went online one night. I Googled all the radio stations in Los Angeles. Um, the only one that was hiring was K-Rock, which I didn't even really listen to K-Rock at the time. Um, but they were hiring. So I shot them off an email. Uh, I got a job offer a month later and uh did that for a year just answering the phones running the request lines doing the and that you know, was for love line or just for k-rock just in for general K-Rock. Okay. giving away giving away concert tickets and all that kind of shit um driving so far to make fucking like six dollars an hour <laughs> oh, man. it was the worst that, k-rock is like a huge station in la isn't it huge station it was i mean it was the number one rock station it was like the number two rock station in the country oh wow um it had a it had a pedigree in the in the 90s of being a station that was breaking bands like they like i believe they broke like sublime and blink 182 and lincoln park like a bunch of these groups like they are the ones that like put them on the map and then they but that's back when they were still like an independent station then they got bought by cbs and became corporate and all the things that happen when you go corporate happened Um, okay so then it just kind of became because I don't know if you guys are the ones who make the joke, but it's just red hot chili peppers all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it's 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 not that, but it basically is that. Yeah, no, um, I get what you're saying. And uh, one perk of the job was like, they're like, you know, opportunities to move up are like, you could become a screener for Loveline. I was like, oh, that, w- that would be cool. I started listening to Loveline when I was 12 years old when I would, you know, I'm not supposed to be hearing people talk about having sex. Yeah. Um, but I'd have my like little, I had this little radio next to my bed and I would like turn it up to like one, you just know, barely, like, just ear. so you could hear it. And I didn't even understand what anyone was talking about. Um, but you know, it was cool to listen to, um, cut, you know, fast forward to, Pre K Rock days, I'd be driving home from a date with Lauren or whatever, and I'd be listening to Loveline late at night, hearing Anderson and all these people. Um, and then fast forward to working at K Rock, and then getting the chance to work there. Um, and basically, after a year, I got brought on as a one night a week dude. And within two weeks, the other two dudes quit. They got full time gu- jobs, and they're like, uh, "Can you just screen every night?" I was like, "Absolutely, hell yeah!" Because it was the first time, you know. I, if you call a radio station and someone answers and they take your request, they're just putting your thing into a computer and it's just going into a system somewhere. It it doesn't like, it's not real unless you talk to the DJ, but even then all the playlists are pretty much they're set in stone. There's, there's not really any requests happening. Okay. Um, so there's no like creative real input that I had. So Loveline was the first chance I had to, um, it was the first time I had where I could influence what happened on the show because I was the person in charge of deciding if yeah, you, got you to were be taking on the calls. Yeah. Six lines. Love line. What's your question? But they say other stuff. All right, cool. Let me see. I'll put you on hold. Let's see if we can take your call right now. Um, and most of the time, it was just fishing for like salacious calls, just nonstop calls of people who had like actual like medical issues that have to. And I have to be like, sorry, we're not taking drug, <laughs> drug addiction calls right now. I'm looking for someone who has a dildo stuck up their butt. Um, yeah, it was. I had a lot of. I had a lot of. Um, I'm sorry you're going through this really tough time, but Dr. Drew's busy. Yeah, pretty much. Like, we got ratings to worry about here, people. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I had a lot of trepidation about the job initially because, like, I mean, I was a virgin when when I took the job. Yeah. And so I thought I was going to have, like, know all this, like, sex stuff, 
No, I just needed to. You're just screening the call. Yeah, I need to be able to type into a computer and like, what would I want to listen to if I was driving home listening to the radio? Yeah, exactly. Um, So. Yeah, so that's what I did that for a couple of years. Then was I that crazy doing... when you when they put you when those two guys quit and you got moved into the position? Because Loveline is an institution, it not was... only in California but across the country. It was yeah. I mean, at the time we were probably on a hundred different stations at least, um, and yeah, the first. So I'd only done it I think two or three times, and then both Adam and Corey left for new jobs and. They're just like, can you just do every night? I was like, absolutely. And I, I was determined to hold on to it extremely tightly and not let anyone else did it. So I did it for a year and a half. I did five nights a week. I was the only screener. Um, and typically they always had two or three rotating through. And I just was like, no, I got, I got this shit. Yeah. Get the um, fuck back. A, it paid more. It paid $10 an hour, which like, I mean, it was almost double what I was making doing yeah. the other screening, which was glorious. Um, so that was, you know, a little added bonus, but, uh, and then there was the opportunity to like actually move up and become like assistant producer, which I was in line for, but we won't get into the story of why I ended up getting fired from the screening calls. But then I was brought back a year later and became the digital guy on the show, which is how I parlayed into. Yeah. You did tell that story. I do know that one. Yeah. We don't need to get into that one, but, uh, uh, yeah, so then they took a chance on me to run. This is the early days of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter when no one knew what they were doing, and they're just like, make the young guy do it. And I was like, sure, I'll figure it out. Um, and how old were you at the time when all this is happening? Uh, this was 2009 or 2010, so okay, I don't know. I was born in 86. Someone can do the math. Yeah. Um, early 20s. And uh, parlayed that into worked at NBC doing primetime tv social media for four years and then turn that into late late show so that's the that's the stepping stones of of, of all that um and when did you bizarre. guys you guys started doing the after disaster in 2010, 2010 august yeah. 2010 yeah it was uh it was just like we were because we were streaming online and doing it was just extra website filling stuff and uh somehow we caught on. I mean, like th- that's the thing is we people wonder how we get, have any listeners for our podcast. It's like, well, we we had training wheels. We had an installed audience on our stupid. Yeah, it's like coming on after Seinfeld or something. Exactly. It's like, like yeah, we had a built listening. in. We had a built in traction. So I mean, it still required us to be like somewhat entertaining, but we could have been somewhat entertaining just screaming to the void and never had more than five listeners if we had just been like launching, you know, independently. But instead, yeah. we're we're three guys with access to a multi million dollar. Rec- <laughs> radio recording studio having run of the place in the middle of the night insane so what was that how did that first happen because i remember it's been a while since i've gone back and listened to you know episode zero all the way up especially because some i'm on some of those and i hate calling in wasted and i never know which (laughs) ones they are and then sometimes Uh. it just pops up like scott by scott the other day when we were on the twitch pulled up one of them and it's me and i was like that's not me he's like that's you that's I was like, oh, my God. But um, how did it happen? So you're screening at Loveline. That's how you obviously know Anderson, who's producing. Lo- oh, uh, speaking of screening at Loveline, I'll just interrupt you real quick. Yeah. You asked what it was like that first month when I took full reins of it. I would get home every night at about 1.30 because, you know, the show wrapped at midnight. We'd screw around until 12.30. It would take an hour to get home. So it was like 1.30 I'd get home. I would not fall asleep until 
I don't know, three, because it'd be so wired from adrenaline. Because yeah. what people don't understand is, at least at Loveline, there were six lines. A nationally syndicated show that people are calling in nonstop trying and to talk to. And there's only six lines. So there's only six lines. So if they take a call and then they're done with that call and then three people drop off, all of a sudden I've only got two calls on the screen. And if they don't like them, they're kind of just filling time waiting for me to pop something new on the screen. Oh, wow. So you're going. So I was just wired with adrenaline because you're just like, it's it's go time. It is live radio. It is. I mean, that's, that's the fun of it. It was so exciting. Yeah. Um, and then when I would finally fall asleep, then I'd have nightmares that all six calls would drop off. <laughs> and yep. that Stryker and Dr. Drew or Dr. Drew and Mike would just be staring through the glass at me like, are you going to put some fucking calls up on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> um, which God, is, those anxiety dreams. Those anxiety dreams are wild. I get it all the time. Like, oh, you just got this table, this table, and this table. I'm like, ah, ah, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it's funny how your brain will just tailor it to like, it'll just a, what's the worst possible scenario for yep. whatever your job is. And then when you get stuck in that position while you're actually at work, you're like, this is my nightmare. This is my yep. nightmare. Right it's here. happening. Yeah, yeah. And then fast forward like six months later, Anderson would be playing the button that starts, press the button that starts the the intro to love line and there would be no calls screened yet. Cause I'd just a saunter and I'd be like, I know that Mike and drew are going to bullshit for like 10 minutes. I so got you're plenty just like, of time to toss it. some shit up. Yeah. No, no, not a worry in the world where if, if, if I saw myself doing that six months earlier, when I first started, I would be like, this guy is a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a psycho. I man, I, every now and then when I would re when I would visit love line, um, when I would come back after I'd left for my other job, but I was still coming to the studio to do the after disaster. Uh, I would sometimes ask Chris, I'd be like, let me just screen calls for a little bit. And I would just hop in there and do it for a little bit. Oh, really? I've still got everything. It is all stuck inside my head. It would be like, hi, this is love line. What's your question? You ask your question. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Put you on hold. And I would decide. Okay. Yeah. Let's put them on. Yeah. Okay. What's your name? Uh huh. Where are you calling from? Okay. How do you spell that? Okay. Great. Uh, all right, I'm going to put you on hold when the guys get to you. Uh, get right into your question. And uh, no cussing, okay? All right, cool. Thank you. Put them on hold. Damn. You still got it, man. Still you got still it. got it. Still got it. So when did you... Oh, turn! Did... I forgot. Turn your radio down. That's the other thing. Oh, yeah. So that's that you the don't other get thing. that stupid... Mistake I've made before. Echo. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie mistake. The feedback. Rookie mistake. Terrible. When did you and Anderson... And like my like it's bizarre to me how it all ended up working out because now you guys are an institution. You've been around for over a decade. <laughs> an institution. <laughs> Sorry. It was mid wine sip right there. I just said it earlier about Loveline, so I wanted to squeeze it in about the after disaster. But how did that work? Because I know Anderson talks about it all the time. He wanted to do a show with Mike and just kinda hang out with Mike and yada yada yada. But how did you find your way there? Were you just trying to like, hey, I'll help out with the boards and stuff? Because I remember in the beginning, you just kind of sat back and played drops. Yeah, so it was Anderson and I had tried to do a show uh, called Terribly Awesome News, which was a play on our names, Tyler and Anderson. Um, we're calling it TNA. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, where we were just going to like talk about news stories, but it's like, like literally every podcast ever. Um, and then basically what happened, the short, the, the, Cliff Notes version is that Mike, our other host, and Anderson were doing their film podcast, and inadvertently, oh yeah, because this it, is when inadvertently they were doing it in the studio, and inadvertently something happened where their broadcast that they were just recording to a computer went out went live internet like nationally. It, it interrupted Billy Bush's radio show, <laughs> which is another show I also did 
digital media on strange um interrupted basically took him off the air and put their stupid show talking about movies this is when they were doing the film vault when brian was out for his chemo yeah yeah so anderson's co-host brian was out with with cancer treatment and so mike was filling in they were talking about movies somehow kfc came up so they were like on national radio on a basically hijacked a bunch of stations cussing and yelling about kfc and the (laughs) colonel and somehow they got they got called in and reprimanded and somehow because anderson is the a weird negotiating mastermind he turned that into well I think it's obvious that Mike and I definitely have like a cool point of view. And what if we turned this into like something that happens like after love? Oh, that's the meeting he always references. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the meeting where they got reprimanded, which the only reason he didn't get fired is because Max, who's like a very high up person at Westwood one, the, the company that syndicated love line, him and Anderson started in radio together and Anderson stayed an engineer. And Max went from a call screener up to a very high up VP. <laughs> At, at a nationally, you know, a, a multi-million dollar yeah. radio broadcasting company. <laughs> so, of course, he would always look out for his boy. Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, <laughs> he was the first, he was the first boss. Max was the first boss I ever smoked weed with. Oh, I really? At, I was at a birthday party for him at his house. Yeah, and, dude. 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 We were all saying, he's like, Petey, they called me Petey. It's a long story. Don't need to get into it. <laughs> uh He's like, Petey, trying to hit this J. And I was like, oh, I'm going to smoke weed with the big boss man. Hell yeah, let's go. And this is back when weed was illegal, baby. So, you oh, know, yeah. extra, extra spicy. And I was like, you know, I was 22. And granted, 22 to a lot of people is like when they're doing a lot of salacious stuff. For, for me, I was still a pretty goody, goody two-shoes. Yeah, because you grew up kind of. Yeah, not not like not like repressed or anything, but just yeah. very like, I, I'm, I'm still very. Uh, I don't like confrontation. I don't like breaking the rules. I don't like. I'm the same way. I, possibly I getting caught doing something makes me so uncomfortable. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's weird. Like I don't. I'm. It's when I'm drinking. When I used to drink. When I was drinking, I didn't give a shit. But when I, whenever, even when I was a kid, when I wasn't drinking or getting fucked up, I was always just like, "Come on, guys, let's just." Like let's just not do that. Like oh it's yeah, just, let's just not being in a group and someone's doing something. I'm just like. Uh, like someone's gonna have to clean that up. Yeah. Oh like, my god, I uh, say that all the time. It's, it's just like it, it, it always is such a bummer to me because I'm like you're you're harshing my good time because I have to be the only person here that has any empathy for like yeah like why are we why are you screaming in the middle of like a restaurant because we've all done a couple shots now you're ruining everyone's time around us because you want all this attention or like Worst. we'll be at a bar watching a game and it's like why are you trying to fight like. Which, awesome. granted, when I was drinking, I used to be that person. But it's just like, what are you doing? So it's, I, I agree yeah. with you on that. But you're Not smoking good. weed with the big boss. Smoking weed with the big man. Um, but yeah, so, so to go back, uh, Anderson was like, hey, me and Mike are going to do a show. Because now we have to do it because it's kind of what saved us from getting like either fired or suspended or whatever. The very funny thing was that Mike had to go to that meeting even though... Mike had Mike, no affiliation Mike with... Mike was the... not an employee. Mike was not an official member of of anything. He was just Anderson's friend that happened to be on the show, <laughs> and they were like, no, you guys have to come in. Both of you. <laughs> very, very strange. It's like going to the principal's office at a school that you don't go to. You don't even attend. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, like, I always, of course, the reason I got into radio is I was I had you know delusions of getting to doing actual radio and getting paid for it though not a delusion anymore um boom baby 
and you know this was a I was already in the building and b it was just it's so it's so fun to screw around with your friends with microphones and recording equipment as obviously yeah we can attest to and the uh the entire podcast ecosystem can attest to um but it feels it's extra fun when you're i mean it is a obviously it's a real radio station it's a real recording place studio i would be i'm i'm an absolute idiot with zero training sitting at a board with i don't know 50 different channels and potentiometers and buttons and doing the drops and not to mention at any moment if i did press the wrong button i could hijack multiple stations around the country i mean crazy but so fun that trojan fire and ice studio oh god the worst or well and then it was the mask studio for a while which for people who aren't familiar with mask that was the main sponsor of loveline for a significant period of time which was a um remember those listerine strips you put on your tongue yeah it was like instead of like a a drip it was like a little little film that you put on your tongue to freshen your breath this was like that except you're supposed to put it on your tongue before you pleasured your partner with either fellatio or cunnilingus okay there you go yeah it was to make make the your partner's juices um pleasant all right that's that's enough that's, sure that's, yeah so that was that was the main sponsor <laughs> of, of the fucking radio show oh man there you yeah. go yeah 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 so when you guys started the after disaster, we all are familiar with this. All of us who are initiated and we are initiated. You guys big partying in the studio. I don't know if you'd say partying, but you guys like to have a it couple wasn't of partying pops. as much as it was just drinking without any sense of like any okay, regard. <laughs> we're going to do a show for I mean, granted, in those days, sometimes we would end up doing a two and a half hour, sometimes three hour show. But most of the time it's like, OK, we're going to do a show for 90 minutes. And we each just drank five beers, <laughs> and then we're gonna go drive home. Mike to San Diego a lot. Oh of the my time. god! I, yeah, I forgot about that. Or at least always come County. in with Del Taco. Yeah, that was so clutch. That was the best. You'd always roll in with the party pack. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would just we twelve o'clock would hit. The show would wrap up. Mike and Drew would peace out, and we'd be like, "All right, bye." We'd hit our we'd hit our theme song, and we'd start cracking drinks and just. It 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 was the closest I've ever felt to being <laughs> rock star is not the right word, but but it kind of the way that the way that a rock star can just go into whatever room and they're having their drinks, they're smoking their weed, they're doing whatever, and no one questions it because that's yep. like part of their thing. That's what they do, yeah. And we got it like we it felt like it was like everyone left and it was our time and we're doing this and because we're like cool broadcasters it was like I mean, it was it was total just bullshit fantasy but it was a blast I mean it yeah was, and you're what twenty you're twenty three at the time yeah right? I was, yeah 24? I, I mean I wasn't I wasn't even engaged when we started the show um so yeah I must have been yeah it was twenty three twenty four um. Yeah, there was definitely nights where I was like, I have to stay here a while and finish some work or something because I'm way too drunk to drive. Oh wow, to drive yeah, home. Because I I know the the big thing that sticks out in a lot of people's minds is like the machete night. Machete night, yes, that's that for people that don't know. Mike discovered that you can just buy machetes, which of course you can just buy machetes. It's yeah. not like they're it's not it's like a gun. There's no. <laughs> You can just buy him. A, he was. He sent us a, a picture one day. He's like, you can just get a machete at Home Depot for ten dollars. I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. I'm I'm getting you each one. Okay, cool. 
so he showed up with machetes, and of course, we're doing our show Thursday night. You know, and Thursdays was our weekend. Oh we didn't yeah, do shows on Friday. on Friday. Yeah. So Thursday night was just we'd go hog wild. I didn't work on Fridays. It was it was always a mess. Um, we're drinking, and now we have giant. I don't know how long was it. It was like a two foot long machete, where and Mike and Anderson keep uh, slamming the blades together to make that shing noise. Yeah. And we just kept doing it over and over again, trying to get the right sound. Um, Cut to, I mean, we did like, that was a two hour show. And then we went out in the parking lot and we would, we could just screw around the parking lot for a while. Anderson would smoke cigarettes. I'd probably smoked a cigarette or two probably also. And then I remember saying, let's go do another show. And they're just like, fuck it, let's do it. And it was like three in the morning. We went back in there and we started chucking the machetes into the ceiling of the multi-million dollar studio <laughs> trying to get them to you know how you throw pencils pencils in get school? it to yeah. stick yeah we were doing that with machetes it didn't work <laughs> and there were definitely left marks um and then uh thankfully we had we had the presence of mind as we finished at like four in the morning or something to uh not we're like let's just save that episode and we'll re-listen to it at some point and decide if we can publish it and we did at some point re-listen to it and we we're like this cannot ever be published and then uh, even if we'd ever decided to change our mind to publish it, the IT people um, wiped the hard drives of that computer unbeknownst to us um, a couple, it was probably, I mean, it was years later. Uh, and so all those ancient ones that we had stored away in a secret folder on the Westwood One server were completely wiped and gone. So thankfully that will never see the light of day. Oh, uh, man. Because it was just three very drunk people just being i mean this is zero entertainment value yeah it's just well i mean it's inside uh, it's granted inside. granted i could probably sell it as an nft now for hell yeah one of you idiots would buy it for a significant amount of farzad money. is trying to get me to do the nft shit i don't even fully <laughs> grasp what it is but farzad's like no man nft that's where it's what at. is he what does he want you to nft i don't i don't know i don't know like I, your most popular joke yeah i don't I have no idea. I just know we were doing the Friday night call and he brought it up and I was like, all right, man, cool. And he's like, no, man, I'm being, and, you know, he's always wasted when we're on the call. And he's like, I'm being serious. You got to do an NFT. That was pretty, that was a pretty good Farzad. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it's not hard to do. He kind of is like a, yeah, deep, a deep Muppet voice. <laughs> Love you, Farzad. shout out, Farzad. What's going huge, on, man? I know huge, you're listening. My favorite huge, Persian. Huge. Favorite Persian. He's a great Persian. One of the best. So you go from um, just drinking, doing the show, <clears throat> excuse me, and then um, what was it like? Was did something change as far as the after disaster and the dynamic and everything? Because it was only a few years into the show where Mike decided to get sober. Yeah, it was like episode one hundred or something like that. It's actually on. I believe I believe that episode is available on YouTube with the video. Okay, because that's the episode. I he believe that's the hat. same episode that we did the. Uh, the water taste test where Mike, I remember that he was who aren't familiar with Mike. He was a big Fiji water fiend and was adamant. The Fiji water is the best water on the planet, that it's worth $5 a bottle that he could tell absolutely without a doubt what Fiji water was versus. So we did a a blind taste test of tap water, arrowhead and Fiji. And he he rated rated Fiji the worst and tap water the best. (laughs) And I think that, a, I think that like broke his brain. 
Um, but I believe that I believe that was the same episode that he was like, he just like blurted out, "I think I'm an alcoholic and I need to stop drinking" or whatever. And we we're just like, "Oh, shit." Okay, and then that's when he started. Like, I, I don't think we knew to the degree to which Mike drank. Like, the trunk vodka these, that was a big thing. He was a very like you know you hear about functioning alcoholics, and I guess that's what Mike was because apparently he was showing up basically kind of always sauced, and I never knew. I, I didn't know he was sauced until we would then be doing the show and then drinking. Yeah, you know, and then he would be like like silly and loose. I'm like, oh, Mike's drunk, but like, yeah, the guy was. Every time he stopped at a gas station, he had a bottle of water in his trunk that was just full of vodka, and he would slug a couple, you know, um, shots of vodka before his drive home. And he would, uh, he he said he had one or two like vodka martinis with like lunch every lunch day at every the day, yeah. and then at dinner too. And just that like, trunk vodka idea, I actually um, took from him. How, oh shit really Cause, yeah well because remember i only have three years sober and i didn't go to rehab until 2013 so when i was originally listening to you guys and he You're would like tell these this, guys rule <laughs> well yeah so i'm calling into the show and i'm hammered and then mike told i remember i'll never forget i i started drinking fiji water because of mike and to this day i drink fiji water because <laughs> of mike idiot. i you swear idiot have you ever done the taste test? When yeah, I think about that taste test all the time because I remember he picked tap water. But the <laughs> trunk vodka trick, pouring the booze, dumping out a bottle of water, and then just pouring vodka into it. So I would show up to work when I worked at this breakfast place, and same thing what you're describing. Like I would be still drunk from the night before. I'd do two or three shots because I had to be up at five thirty because it's breakfast. So I do two or three shots in order to get to work, like in order to function or else I'd be shaking and throwing up and stuff. And then halfway through my shift, like when we had that lull right before lunch, I'd go out to the trunk, open the trunk, hot, sunny, summer Florida day where it's like 110 outside with humidity. Oh, baby, just drink that. Smoke a cigarette, drink a couple more swigs and then go back inside and finish the shift. Let's go. But I have to credit Mike Mike for that. (laughs) Oh, what a terrible legacy. What a t- <laughs> Well, no, but he's doing awesome now and that was the No, thing. no, I know. It's just it's it's funny it, the idea because you're I influencing don't, people. But I don't think we knew about that until he got sober. So you yeah, took I you was took still, his yeah. sober <laughs> confession yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, I'll run with that." Like That's a great I'll, idea. <laughs> I'll pick up the torch, baby. I got you. That's Trunk vodka doesn't have to die. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Chunk bucket doesn't have to die. There, there are definitely times where I've I've been like, either like at a party or you know on a vacation or even just like I don't know a week of just be like oh I drank like a lot this week I'll be like is that was that a problem was that like am I on the brink of like too much or whatever and then I'll like remember. Um, I know alcoholics that would pull over to gas stations and s- drink hot vodka out of the yeah. trunk. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's quite. We're not there. Yet. Not not saying that you can't. Not saying that it goes you know from zero to one hundred. Obviously, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, but I tell people all the time. They're like, "Man, I partied too hard this weekend. I think I need to like go to a meeting or something." And I'm like, "Let me tell you what it looks like, really." Because I don't think you have that thought. If you need, you know what I mean? Like your oh, first yeah. thought after a, a tough weekend isn't, I got to go to a meeting. If you actually are in full blown, you're like, 
Yeah, fine. That was a weekend. That's, yeah, that's what, are you what we do? do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've said it before, but the, the, the times where I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should go to a meeting was because I was either in a hospital or in jail. And I was like, fuck. Right. Exactly. Which is that's the classic to go back yeah. to love line. That's the classic rock bottom sort of moment of I either, either need to wake up in the hospital or wake up in a jail cell to to, to kind of realize, realize I need oh, to get my shit together. Before any of that kind of stuff happens, you just think like, oh, I'm good. Like, I didn't get arrested or end up in the hospital, so I'm fine. Yeah, I lost my job, but whatever. I'm good at, I'm good at waiting tables. I'll find another job. And then it's, oh, boy. Well, and I've, and that's why we're, we are going to have Mike on this show eventually because I, I do want to talk to him about it, too. But I wanted to get your perspective as, uh, you know, you're younger than the other two guys and you're in your 20s. <laughs> and you. then, but you know Much what I mean? Younger. Like. It's is that a shocking realization? Someone you've known for a few years, someone you've been doing this show with, someone you've been drinking with and stuff for him to come out and say that did, was that kind of a jarring moment for you or it was jarring. It's we have a weird dynamic on the show because like Anderson and Mike were friends, but even Anderson and Mike weren't close friends. Mm-hmm. Mike knew Anderson knew Mike through Mickey who uh, doesn't matter. Another yeah. friend that he had gone to film school with, um, and he, Mike Anderson, just found him fascinating. It was like this guy is a nut. I love hanging out anytime I'm with Mickey and Mike's there. It's a good time, and he's he does these funny YouTube videos, and it'd be cool to like bring him in and you know maybe do a show or something. So it's not like they were great friends before they linked up, and then you add me in the situation, and I only knew Anderson through work, and we'd only we'd only probably become like friends maybe a year before we started doing the show. Um, Cause I was just the geeky. I was just the geeky goody two shoes call screener for like the first six or eight months that he was just like, Oh, this fucking guy. Yeah, like I could like, imagine this guy with all this energy is like, Oh gee, I'm here to do a radio with Dr. Drew. You know, what's that, up, guys? Like, we're doing yeah. a nationally syndicated broadcast. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Bringing my, when you guys used to, you and Anderson used to hang out after Loveline before, after disaster before he, all that he begrudgingly stuff. it was it was after i had anderson was in this really terrible accident that <laughs> where he peed on the devil he, he didn't show up no not that one no, oh, no i'm sorry he didn't show up to work one night um and we called around and and eventually found out what hospital he was at and holy shit basically <laughs> dr drew was like uh, he, I'm not going to go check on him because he's not going to want me to show up, which I was like, but you're Dr. Drew. But later when I did ask Anderson, he's like, I'm so glad Drew didn't, isn't the one that came to the hospital. But like, and producer, Ann, who was his friend of like 20 years, she was just like, uh, I've got to like go home and be with my family. And I was just like, okay, I'm the call screener. And I guess I will, cause someone needed to go get his dog. Cause Stanley, oh, Stanley yeah. was at the hospital with him. And I was like, okay, I guess. I like I barely know the guy, but sure, I'll go. And I, I met him at the hospital and poor bastard. He'd been in an accident. I don't know who was at fault, but whoever he had been in the accident with hit him over the head with a mag light flashlight. Oh, I um, forgot about all this. Like, I do remember now that you're saying it, I remember. Yeah. Um and so I went there and I had to like the cops were trying to get into his room while I was there and they're like, Do you know this guy? I was like, Yeah, I'm his coworker and they're like, Well, he's like uh, you know, anytime there's an accident like this, like we need to do like a blood alcohol test, and he keeps refusing, and like we're gonna have to arrest him if he just keeps saying no. And I was like, what the f- okay? Uh, so I'm like talking to this like delirious Anderson who's got stitches across his head because he's been beaten with a fucking mag light, and I'm like, hey man, you just gotta let these dudes like 
like do their thing or it's going to be a problem and whatever that finally they, they left him alone and I took the dog and then they decided that they could discharge him. And I was like, I'll drive you home. I, I, I took him to his, his apartment, which is literally now his apartment at the time was right across the street from where I work at late, late show now, which is bizarre. Oh, um, and, uh, <laughs> it's a small world for such a big city. He is, is a big city and a very small world. He, uh, <laughs> the poor bastard, he kept trying to give me his pillow. He was like, Oh, thank you so much for like taking me home and like taking care of me. And, and, uh, I was, cause I was gonna sleep on his couch and he's like, Oh, here, you need pillows. You need pillows. I was like, Anderson, you just got your head beat in with a flashlight. <laughs> Take the fucking pillows. I'm fine. Um, I think, and so I think that was the, like, that's what cracked open our friendship was, yeah. was, was that, was that night of me being there for him when all the people he'd worked with for decades <laughs> were, <laughs> were not there. <laughs> it's um, really funny how you bring that up though. Cause that is, that's a hundred percent true. There are people that I've worked with for years. And the last time I was in the hospital, no phone calls, no texts, no nothing. It was bizarre. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. It added some, it, it was, it was weird air there for a while at, at the, at the studio, as you can imagine. Oh yeah. Um, well, especially cause Anderson loves confrontation. Oh, loves it. He'll, yeah. He, th- that man, if he sees confrontation that no one's addressing, he's like, let's, let's get into it. Here we go. Um, so to bring it back around. Yeah. So for Mike to, so we have this weird dynamic of like the three of us have gone through a lot of life experiences together but it's not like we hang out uh, Mike and Anderson hang out more than I hang out with Anderson or I hang out. Um, but I still consider the both of them like to be two of my best friends, even though it's all through the lens of the show that we've done every week for 11 years. But that sounds kind of silly, but also uh, that means I see them more than the majority of the people that I consider my close friends. I mean, besides my wife and besides coworkers that I consider friends, I see them more than anyone else in the world, which is weird. Um, so even at the time, having only been two or so years in for this person who I thought we were all just hanging out, having a good time to just be like, yeah, by the way, I'm an alcoholic and I like, I got to stop drinking and like, I don't care if you guys do it anymore, but like, I, I got to stop. It was just kind of like, Oh shit. You realize how much stuff can be going on in people's lives that you are not you have no idea aware of and this is not even like something that was hidden it was like obviously like we're drinking all the time and like it never occurred to me like oh he might have a problem i mean there's definitely nights where him or anderson or myself would leave that parking lot i'm like i'm not sure that person should be driving or i should be driving you know like there would be those kind of moments but like everyone's had those those moments whether or not they have a problematic relationship with with substances um so yeah, when he just laid it out on the line and then started telling us like, you know, what why yeah, he I'll believes he has a problem, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it's definitely one yeah, of those. It can be very telling. It's one of those things that like it's just a reminder to have compassion for for people because you don't know what they're dealing with on a day to day. Yeah, absolutely, and it's one of those things where you just like you said, you just don't know. So there are times where I've been involved with like people be it you know the other shows uh the network maybe we're not gonna you know we won't talk about it that's too serious but uh (laughs) my favorite joke my favorite i love it i love it but like sometimes things will happen and i'm like like what the fuck is there like it was talking to somebody and i'll be like the fuck's their problem and then i'm like oh wait a second like we see each other once maybe twice a week like i have no idea what's going on so maybe just not jump into any kind of 
shit with anybody. So it's it's weird, especially to the point you said earlier about seeing Mike and Anderson more than you see most of your friends. Because that's what I've noticed, too, is I've got friends that I went to college with, people that I played football with, all that kind of stuff. That if they called me tomorrow and said, hey, man, I need you to get here, I'd be there drop of a hat. But I don't talk. We don't talk on a weekly basis. So it, it's it's just fascinating because, like you said, you're not you know, you're not hanging out with them every day, but you do see each other once a week. It's a commitment that you guys have. Yeah. And we're in this absurd group chat that is just constantly like, when are we doing the show? I don't know. When are you doing the show? I can't do the show that day. And OK, well, let's do it that way. No, let's do it this time. And then then when we will all decide on a day, then it's. Okay, we need to make sure Mike still remembers that we're doing the show that day, yeah. <laughs> and then and where you're gonna do it, and, and then it be then it will be a never a never ending joke of where we just keep saying, "I'm sorry, guys, I can only do tonight," and then Mike will reply, "Oh, that's no good for me. I can only do tonight," and then Anderson will be like, "No, uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but something just came up a film vault. I can only do tonight," and we'll just keep saying that night is the night that we're doing the show, but this a never ending text thread of like, "No, sorry, I can't do." It's I can only do it tonight. Very absurd. Oh, man. So <clears throat> you did uh, allude to it earlier. Um, you kind of, uh, like you said, you don't like confrontation. You're kind of, you, you, you like to play by the rules, which is understandable. Yeah. But have you ever been in any kind of um, trouble when it comes to either the law or just like done anything stupid in regards to... I have, to, even, even my stories of getting in trouble with the law are like so goody two-shoes versions of getting in trouble with the law. The, the, the closest, the, probably the closest you could say I've come to being arrested, I guess, um, would be the time that my friends and I, my high school friends... I'm still that's but the majority of my friends are my high school friends. Uh, cool guy alert. Um <laughs> <laughs> we were twenty. There was your high school friends and then two guys that yeah, were yeah, ten yeah, years yeah, older. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well one of them's twenty years older, one of them's ten. Yeah. Um <laughs> we <laughs> We were like the kids that I I honestly I did not drink at all until after high school. It was like it wasn't like a conscious decision. I just, I never went to a party in high school. Also, my high school didn't throw that many parties, but uh, I didn't never went to a party in high school. You went to a Catholic school, right? Christian high school, same thing, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, w- once we graduated, then we would start having parties on the weekend at my now wife's house, her parents' house. They were basically, they were the kind of parents of like, they're going to drink somewhere. Like just let them drink at our house. And I have a whole bit about that. My, my, I had the cool mom. Yeah. You've all seen mean girls. I had the cool. mom. Absolutely. So we would, we would, you know, we'd go on Friday and we'd give Kareen our money and she would buy all the booze for everyone. And, and, uh, you know, just buying absolute dog shit, tequila and vodka. Hell yeah. It's so funny. Like when you, when you don't know how to drink and you're just like, yeah, I drink screwdrivers. Like, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, just being. Why would you just do being that? Nineteen and drinking with screwdrivers shitty, on a Friday with the night. Shitty vodka uh, that comes out of the plastic. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, pop off. Yeah, pop off. What do you know it about was pop off? Pop off vodka and uh, Bandoleros tequila. Damn. So you've been with Lauren this entire time. I started dating Lauren the end of our senior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So For some reason, I thought you you had been like, how long have you guys you've know you knew her obviously all through high I knew school, her, correct? Yeah, she, I knew her. I knew she existed freshman year of high school. She didn't know I existed until sophomore year of high school, and we went to a small school, so thanks a lot. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been together since 2000, ugh, 2004. <laughs> so 17, 17 years. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so parties at Lauren's house. Parties at Lauren's house. This was back. So when I first started, I was like, I, I realized, wait, why am I drinking all this beer when I could just do a shot of tequila? Exactly. And exactly. I was the guy that started, I would bring a marker and I would just mark a shot on my hand each time I had one. Cause I realized after the first, you know, couple dabblings with it, that like after five or six, I didn't know how many I'd had. So I need after the first couple of blackouts, you're like, maybe I should track I need this. To track this. So then it became like a, how many hash marks can I get on my wrist, you know, and still like be alive. <laughs> and there are some photos out there somewhere on one of, I'm sure on one of Lauren's ancient digital cameras that's in my garage somewhere of Tyler going full troll mode. I'm under the table with, I, I think I have like, I think it's like a five, you know, four with a cross through it and then two more, I guess that, yeah, so seven. I think I'm like seven shots in and I'm just, you know, li- when you're 18 and not drinking that much, seven shots of tequila in probably two That's hours lot, or something yeah. is a crazy amount. Um, but so, it, but honestly, it was very wholesome. Like we would all spend the night there. Like no one did anything crazy. Like it was, the only unsafe thing was maybe the amount of alcohol that some people drank, but it was still, there was adults there and if anything had happened the ho- the hospital is literally a block away like if you were going to drink with your stupid high school friends to excess it really was the way to do it yeah because we used to be <clears throat> more dang- cuz i didn't really drink until after high school either but i remember i w- took a year off between high school and college before i went to play football and i got my own place so i was the oh, only person oh no who- exactly exactly <laughs> So everyone who was either going to the community, local community college, or everyone who was away at college who would come back for any amount of time for a break. You were the spot. Everyone would come to my house. I'm guessing you and didn't get your de- your security deposit back. No, I did. In fact, what? funny story. I got my security deposit back because the landlord um, was a gay man, and he said he would give me double my security deposit if I uh, would have sex with him. So did you have sex with him? No, I, I did not oh, have sex okay. with him. So but you just I got just your like, regular I, security deposit. I got my regular security okay. Because once you put that out in the yeah, open, yeah. you can't not uh, give me yeah. my security <laughs> deposit now. <laughs> That's fantastic. By the way, yeah. Florida, a lot of amigos are down there. Oh, yeah. Every time I see them, I always want to take a picture and send it to you. Unfortunately, but I'm like, they, they rust down there. That's the, that's the issue. Oh, because of the humidity? Mm-hmm. That's the reason I have mine. The guy I bought mine from, he was being transferred to Florida. And he didn't. He, could, oh, I remember, he couldn't yeah. stand for it to rust out there, so he sold it to me. And then guess what? I checked in with him recently. His transfer was off. His yeah. transfer was canceled, and uh, poor bastard, <laughs> just really missing his amigo. <laughs> Anyways, no one cares about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you were the stop off point for everybody for the party. Yeah, so everyone came to my house to party, and then that's when I first like really got into like partying and stuff. But like you said, so where you were at, it was safe because there was somebody there. You know, there's adults. And they understand, like, like when you're that age, you know, five or six shots is, is a lot, but it's not enough to, like, do any kind of serious harm. So imagine you have no supervision at all, and it's just a bunch of alpha, you know, former football players and, like, athletes and jocks. Mix that. We didn't invite baseball players, though. Mix that with... Oh, um, you didn't want the cool people showing up? <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> but then you mix that with just an abundance of alcohol, and it... There are times I I've mentioned this before, but I'd walk out and my car would be like, you know, where you're on the driveway, but you're also in the grass, yeah. like into yeah, the bushes. Yeah, yeah. 
and like bottles everywhere and people like laying in their own vomit. And I was like, this is not healthy. It, th- there's that moment in the party where you're like, we're going to live forever. This is the best night ever. And then yep. one thing happens. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. It's one of those nights. Th- those over, people guys. are fighting. Now two people are throwing up. Someone just broke my shit. Yeah, like people are being their head into the people wall. People are being loud on the patio. Like it can just the balance is so it can just snap <laughs> in an instant from fun party that feels like you're in like a uh, in da- a days and confused movie to yep. uh oh no I'm just in an episode of cops. <laughs> the co- yeah the cops show up. Whose house is this? Oh damn! How did you guys get so, your booze? Because if you were what you were eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, so I was eight, I graduated at seventeen, so I and oh okay I, smart. Yeah, so I was no, I was just I'm a summer baby, so I turned eighteen like shortly after. I I turned eighteen like a month after I graduated, but I'm like yeah, I graduated at seventeen. Oh, so you're, uh, you're the guy that couldn't drive until like way junior late. year. Yeah. I didn't drive. I didn't get my license until I was eighteen. Oh really? Yeah, like a fucking loser. I, so again, no one cares, but I was like, I don't have any money. I can't afford insurance. Why would I get my license? Never mind the fact you can just get your license and then get a car and insurance when you have money yeah. like later on. <laughs> yeah, you could just get Oh wow. So you're just like, "No, I'm just Yeah, so I'll get it when so I can." So instead I got it. my permit and then I was just like, mm. and I did and I didn't go take my driver's test until I was 18. <laughs> cool. God. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. My my wife then girlfriend loved driving me everywhere. Everywhere. So I, I had a similar situation, but that was because of my multiple DUIs. Oh, sick. So, but same thing. Didn't have a license. Had to be chauffeured around. You know, that is same boat. That's, that me, is, yeah. Boat. That's one of the upsides. It's one of the few upsides that people don't like to talk about the DUI is that then you become Mister. You get chauffeured everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very be prestigious. It. Well, it was always. <laughs> so this is going to sound really, really sad, but it was always cool <laughs> to be like. Like whenever my girlfriend would be like, hey, do you want to like go on a trip or something? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. So we we a lot of times we drive to Orlando from Jacksonville. It's like it's like two hours, two and a half hours. We'd go to Disney. You know what you guys do in California. We do here in Florida. Um, but she would always have to drive. So I'd be like, I'm guys, I'm just going to nap the whole way, babe. Hell yeah. My version of that was was turning my Suzu Trooper into my pool truck. So it was just constantly. For those people, usually when you see a pool truck, what? It's a pickup truck, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because so, the chlorine. A Suzu Trooper is a fully enclosed SUV. So the back of my truck was completely full of chlorine and acid. And that smell does not go away. At all. So no one wanted to take my car. So when we went on trips and stuff, there was not a chance anyone w- was like, can you drive? <laughs> so I never <laughs> had to drive anyone ever. Plus, I always had the back seat folded up, so I only had a two-seater anyways. Yeah, genius. Yeah, that's the best. That was probably the best part about not having a license. It was just kind of like, I guess, I mean. And what? I, you, how many DUIs? I would drive. How many DUIs I would drive. do you have to have in Florida before they take your license away? Is it like eight? <laughs> just no, one. <laughs> uh, but I, I got two. They're like, all right, son, unfortunately, you hit a gator, and we cannot have that. that is- <laughs> Actually, both DUIs, not no accident, no nothing. Just the cops were like, this guy's wasted. Oh, I've told fuck. the stories before, but, yeah, the, it was basically both times. They they had a feeling I was wasted, and so they just got a reason to yeah. pull me over. And you're like, well, the second time I was in a parking lot during a hurricane, and oh. the cop walked up, and she's like, I told you not to get back in your car, and now you're coming with me. And I was like, I thought you left. Oh. Damn it. 
Yeah, it was bad. I've but, only, um, I've only, I've only, I only have one time where I drove home where I absolutely should not have driven, and I knew it, and I don't know why I didn't just I love these stories. I don't know we why I didn't. These I don't know show. why I didn't just pull over because it occurred to me halfway through the drive home, like you are too drunk, you should not be driving, just stop. But instead, my genius brain, uh, I decided. <laughs> That I would just count out loud, and, <laughs> and that, that would that would keep me focused and present and sober somehow. I, I I don't know. All I know is that I got to about the number six hundred fifty by the time I got home, and I was just like, I think I pulled into my driveway, which is like six fifty. And then I snuck inside. This is I was still living at home. I snuck inside through my. I used to anytime that I came home extra late or i was drunk i would i would climb in through my bedroom window as opposed to opening the door just in the off chance that one of my parents would like hear it and come down the hall which literally would never have happened anyways but i was i was so paranoid that i would i would rather basically break into my own house into your own room <laughs> that's the benefit of having lib parents who don't have guns. So you don't have to worry about someone, uh, you know, someone firing off a shotgun because they hear a, a window pride open. Um, but yeah, yeah. Driving. I have a distinct memory of driving down. I know what street I was on where I was like, you need to start rolling. You need to counting. roll down the window and just start counting out loud and just, yeah, terrible, terrible. Well, you're coming off of uh, you guys uh, out of solidarity, didn't you and uh, Lorenzo do a, a 90 day thing? We or, did. Uh, we were. Uh, I I I was not. She was strictly 90 days, no boozing. Yeah, she was real gung ho into. Except it. for one day, she did booze because they had a girls' trip planned. But then they, as punishment, they all made themselves run a 5k the next morning. Um, there you go. So, but yeah, she was fully 90 days sober from January 1st to uh, March 30th. And I was, I didn't have wine or hard liquor the entire time. And I would have beers here and there, but I probably had, I'm sure I had less than 20 beers in, in the three months, which like, it was definitely a good adjustment because we were, especially in the pandemic, we were, yeah, just it was, we were cracking drinks far too often at (laughs) random ass times of day. You're just like, "Eh, it's four o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm working from home. You want to make margarita? Perfect. Let's have a margarita. Which is fine. Look, having an afternoon margarita is fine, except then it's like, you want another one? All right, cool. Uh, let me get a beer. And then you're like, it's 10 o'clock and I've had six drinks. Like, what What? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a good little reset to have. Um, yeah. Oh, I, sorry, to go back, closest I got to being arrested, right? Oh, yeah. Off we kind of got off track, yeah. Sorry, man. This is turning I'm, into an own, our own little mini after disaster. It is. What are we in, two hours on this thing? Um <laughs> We're at 58 minutes. Okay, so as I said, I was goody two-shoes. I'm 20 years old. Uh, I'm with four of my, uh, five of my friends. Six, sorry, six of my friends. Uh, one of them, Oh, Mr. Popular must <laughs> be nice. Sorry, I had six. I did have six friends. Um, one of them was 21. That, that was in, that is important for the what? story. <laughs> five of us are 20. One of them is 21. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I, for some reason, I thought you were still in high school. No, no, no. So <laughs> we, uh, one night, we were like we were like those kids that just hung. I, I don't think this is unique, but we just hung out in parking lots all the time. You just like there's mm-hmm. there's nowhere for us. We're too young to go to bars. We're too old to like. What are we gonna go bowling every 
fucking Every night, Tuesday yeah. and Wednesday, like whatever. Like we just. I'm 33, but a lot of the comics we just hang out in parking lots too. Yeah. After shows, we just all mingle out in the parking lot and loiter for hours. You go see a movie at seven o'clock. It's now nine o'clock. You go eat dinner at the McDonald's because that's all you can afford, and then you just stand in that McDonald's parking, parking lot, lot yeah. for way too long. Um, and so one night we, you know, it was one of those parking lot nights, and we're like, let's go do something, and. My buddy, whose cars our house were all at, he lived near an elementary school. He's like, "Let's go to the elementary school. They have a roof that's right by the street, like this this the street that passes by. Let's throw water balloons at cars as they drive by." And oh, we're twenty years old, terrible. and we're like, "Yeah, cool, great idea." So <laughs> we go and buy water balloons. We fill them all oh, up. Oh, you had to make a. It's not even like they were in somebody's garage. No, we had to make like, a oh, stop. Yeah, just grab them. No, we made a stop for water balloons. Which at the same stop, our one friend who's twenty one, I think she bought a twelve pack of Smirnoff ice for for yeah. six people. So you know we were getting after it. So we trespass onto this elementary school, hop up onto the roof. There's this little access point to get up onto the roof, and we're chuck we're and and four of the people there were all baseball players, so we can actually you know throw a ball, throw, uh, throw things pretty far. Because you're a pitcher, right? Pitcher, yeah. Just in, I'm an incredible pitcher. Um, <laughs> don't want to get into it but my elbow's been hurting for like two months um so stay tuned on that uh tommy john here we go no oh i'm gonna start throwing 90 yes uh so we're we're chucking we're chucking <laughs> water balloons at cars and it's probably it's close to midnight and it's a street that you probably get one car every you know two minutes so we're you know swig a little smearing off shoot the shit and then oh i see a headlights you know and then like all right let's get ready one two three and then chuck a couple uh, we hit one car just sm- like straight on the windshield, just boom across the windshield. The guy jams on the brakes. Of course. Yeah. Like thinking about it, I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, the car jams on the brakes, peels around the block, comes back again, and we threw water balloons again. He jams on the brakes. Same guy. Same guy. We didn't hit him this time, but he stops. And he opens. We hear the we hear that unmistakable door open and close down. He's like, let's up, motherfuckers. We're like, what? Like, oh, we didn't say what, but we're you know, we're all listening, we're ducking down. He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, like, I've got a gun. You think I'm joking? We're like, okay. Russell maybe, Crowe and unhinged, baby. Maybe it's time to go. Um, so he he kind of like stomps around and then he leaves because he like we don't come out and show ourselves because we're pussies. Um <laughs> and we decide to, we've probably worn out our welcome. It's time to go. We get down, scramble off the roof, and as we're getting to the car, the car is parked in a a dead end, it like butts up against the school, and two squad cars come down the street as we're getting to the car. Oh, we're like, shit. fuck, no. You know, of course, and me, Mr. Goody Two Shoes, I'm like, this is, I'm, this is it. My life is over. I'm gonna go my to jail. I'm gonna go to jail. My parents will never talk to me again. Um, I, I'm gonna be a felon. I'm not gonna be able to get a job. You know, just absolutely a person who's never had a bad encounter with the police. <laughs> like that's that's clearly what's happening with me right there. Um, and you know, they light us up with the big spotlight. My one buddy takes off running, so the rest of us just walk to the car. Just we're like. We're, we're caught like we're like yeah. what are you gonna do like we're well, let's go to the car and uh actually i'm sorry they they got us as we were as we were getting in the car like we were okay we were in we we're getting in because my one buddy had hopped in the back where there's no seat belts obviously He's just like in the back like crunched down and we're like we got to get out of the car like we're busted and my one buddy is 
he had he had run off initially when the when he had seen the police and then i tried to like sneak to the car so now he's drenched with sweat soaking <laughs> soaking with the car and this cop comes up and he's shines his light on us he's like what are you guys doing like what we're like oh we're just hang, hanging out and he's like what's this guy's deal my, my buddy <laughs> my buddy joey who was a little overweight at the time had been sprinting and is just he is just drenched with oh I'm mixing up my stories. So he had, is just drenched from the run to the car because we were going to try to get away. We obviously didn't get away. The cop goes, why are you so sweaty? And Joey's Joey's line is, I was running. I was, uh, he's like, yeah, you're running your car to get away. He's like, no, I was jogging over there. And he's like, oh you, were, my God. you were with your six friends and you were just going for a jog by yourselves, oh, by yourself over like in the, in the corner of the park. Yeah. He's like, son, just and I, Joey. And I, I believe I turned to Joey and was like, just stop talking. Like, just, <laughs> just don't. The guy's like, can everyone get out of the car? We're like, yeah, sure. So we all get out of the car. We're all sit down on the, I, I, I'm sitting on the curb. I'm like, I've seen this in cops before. This is it. I'm, I'm done. You know, we're, yep. we're, he's like, everyone sit, you know, six feet apart. Just don't fucking move. Don't talk to each other. Give me your licenses. So we all give him our ID. He walks away and, and, uh, comes back and he's just he's clearly just like so he's so over it because it's a group of it's five white guys and uh our 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 friend that had bought the smirnoff was an asian girl it's like five white guys and an asian girl in arcadia is like of course it's you idiots like it's just this is what what are you guys doing yeah. uh, he goes first of all you guys are really lucky your friend here is 21 because otherwise i've got you on an elementary school with alcohol and you're underage. So don't be fucking idiots. Also, are any of you the Bacchus boys? And we're like, what are the Bacchus boys? <laughs> and he's like, you guys are here to tag, right? And we're like, no, what? He's like, let me see your fingers. So he checks everyone's hands. We don't have any spray paint on our hands. Yeah. He's like, okay, I guess you're not the Bacchus boys. We're like, who are the Bacchus boys? He's like, it's a <laughs> gang that tags the school up all the time. Don't worry about it. And Who are these Bacchus boys? Uh, yeah, it's, what the hell? And uh, this one cop, he, he's like, all right, I'll be back. And we're thinking he's like writing up tickets for us or something or going to call our parents or whatever. And the other cop is standing there and he's like, so what do you guys, he's like, okay, you guys weren't tagging the school. You're not like doing some weird teenager gang bang. Like, like what, like what were you guys doing? And we're like, uh, and he like, I think he saw some water balloons. He's like, were you guys, were you guys the ones throwing water balloons at the cars? Yeah, we were. <laughs> yep. He goes, um, mm-hmm. did you guys hit any cars? And my my friend was about to answer, and I kick him with my foot. And I was just like, uh, I don't know how to answer that question, sir. And he goes, I don't give a shit. Like, well, I don't give a fuck if you hit a car or not. We're like, yeah, we got a couple of cars. We got, <laughs> we're like, we got him like right on the window. We're like, this one guy, he was so pissed. He said he's going to come shoot us. And he was like, ah, what a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other cop That's came awesome. back and he's just like where do you guys live we're like like literally just in the city he's like just go home don't do this shit ever again i will arrest you the next time like just he's like there has to be something else for you guys to do go pull on your wangs or something like stop <laughs> fucking throwing balloons in my in my city like fair damn enough. man that's crazy fair enough sir like it, it's the fact that that is my my closest brush with police is you know a, another indication of my privileged charmed life well, it's weird because I've I've talked about this before, but it's so interesting. 
the first time you get arrested, take it from me, you, you think, oh, my God, my life is over. Everything's ruined. Like, nothing good can come of this. By the third and fourth time, you're just kind of like, all right, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. It is weird to me that there is those kind of arrests where they're like, we just have to get this person out of this location for a certain amount of time. And then tomorrow morning, here's your shit. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I've been a part of you those. Basically, you're just being babysat by the state. That's ex- That's all it is. Where you're just wasted, and they're like, well, we can't, in good conscience, just leave them here. Right. So it's like, oh, we're going to arrest you for public indecency or public intoxication or whatever, and you're just going to come with us. And then eight hours later, it's called ROR, released on your own recognizance. They just let you go. You're like, would you like to sign yourself out? Yes, I would like to leave the jail, please. Thank you very much. I'll see you again in a couple months. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. Sure, no problem. In case you make any edits, do you want another quick drunk story? Yeah, for so sure. Go ahead. you can cut some of that other boring shit out and you can put this in? No, it's all staying, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Uh, this, is the, this, is my only, this is my only Tyler blacked out doesn't recall a good chunk of the story. Oh, wow. Thing. Um, I, was, I was living in an apartment with two of my friends from high school. Yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> and uh, I was out of work at the time, and two of the same six are these this, two, two. This was friends. two of the. This was two of the six. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was gonna say eight friends. Whoa. So the two of them, my my roommates, Joey and Drew, they worked at a restaurant that also Joey that also no, Joey. that also yeah Joey that was out for the run, uh, that <laughs> that was uh, Lauren, my wife worked there also. So the three of them were thickest thieves at this at at, at this restaurant. And uh, Drew had to work that day, but I was off. Joey was off, and our friend Gavin, who we played baseball, was off. And I don't know how, but we got hooked up with someone that was like, "Hey, we need we need security for uh, this beer fest at um, this hoity-toity garden that's out near close to where I live now, um, in this pretty rich part of of Los Angeles." And uh, we're like, "Yeah." And how old are you at the time? I was twenty. This was this was in between I'd been fired from Loveline before I got rehired. So this was in this Okay. The only time in my life where I had no school, no job, I was getting unemployment and just living with my friends and it was it was 10 months of just absolute pretty sweet. Just, it was pretty sweet. It was great. Um yeah. so they're like, "Yeah, you just become a we're just, you'll just wear a yellow jacket and be a, a quote unquote security guard for like 8 hours to get paid like $20 an hour." I'm like, "Yeah, great. Incredible. Fantastic. That's the best." Um so we showed up and within like one hour they cut us. They're like, We don't need you. Uh here's a pass, just enjoy the beer fest. We're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of us just start wandering around, but we still have like we still have all the accoutrement of being people that work at the place. So the different beer vendors are like, Oh, these these aren't just like beer fest people, these are they work here, so like let's hook them up. And, yeah. you know, so you're walking around, you, you have the little, what, it's like a little two ounce taster cup, mm-hmm. which you don't think is that much beer until like, I mean, you like sip, sip, sip. And oh, you've just had one beer in three minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can start consuming a significant amount of alcohol without yeah, realizing six it. samples is a beer. And yeah. these are all like craft beer places. So a bunch of them are, you're just like, okay, what's your highest ABV? Yes. I'd love to try your 12% scorpion uh, killer uh, IPA. Yeah. yeah, perfect. I'll have that one. Um, so now your two your two ounce shot is essentially like the same alcohol content as a normal beer. Um, so needless to say, we quickly we were pretty sloshed, and we started 
this was around. You remember that Tabasco commercial where the um, <laughs> you remember the the pepperonis on the pizza would sing? Yes, yeah. It's a uh, something in concoction. This more than just heat. It goes with all your favorite cheeses, sauces, and meat. Shake, 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 shake. Whatever. But that 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 Tabasco song jingle. Yeah, had just hit on the radio, and Joey, Gavin, and I were convinced that we were a barbershop court barbershop quartet, and so we were singing it to people. We were like, oh, can we get a, a second? And they're like, well, we're not supposed to serve another one. We're like, well, we'll sing you. You know that Tabasco song? We'll sing you at Barbershop Quartet. And they'll be like, okay. <laughs> so wow. cut to us singing the song over and over and over again. People just giving us all the beer, all the beer, all the beer. All of it. Finally, the, the, the event is closed. It's time to go home. Uh, basically, the last thing I remember is as we're walking to the car, there's just a pile of ice, bags and bags and bags of ice. And we're like, we need ice for the apartment. So we just go and load our car with like 20 bags of you know, those 20 bags of like the 20 pound ice. There's pound like bag, so yeah. much ice in the car. We drive home, which we should not have driven home. Definitely no one, none of us could drive. We get back to the apartment. We pull in. And I'm like, wow, we made it. This is great. We have ice for the apartment and we made it without anyone getting a DUI and we can go hang out at the house. And Joey goes, Lauren and Drew are working. Should we go see them? Oh, no. And apparently we are all like, yeah, let's go to the restaurant. <laughs> so oh, this is where no. then I don't remember anything else. But apparently we went to the restaurant, which was close. So we didn't drive drunk too far. Uh, like that matters. Uh, but yeah. we got to the restaurant. And um, is it a privately owned restaurant, a corporate restaurant? Like what? It's, it's a. It's a family that owns like five different restaurants. So it's not okay, corporate, but it. it's not a single whatever. They own a couple. Which actually is very important because if your significant other shows up wasted, if it's a corporate restaurant, you're probably fired. Yeah. But if it's a family owned, you can get yeah. away with it. Well, it must be family owned because apparently <laughs> So the back room was kind of the they weren't they weren't using the back room at at the time, which was good. So they just put our three drunk asses back there just like they're like just get these guys some fucking so bread you guys, like walked in like ready to eat like hey, oh yeah lauren, we're here lauren was serving and our friend our roommate drew was a manager so we're like we're kings like we're untouchable like we're yeah. like the good fellows like hey let me get a couple hey, we're of, gonna sit in the back yeah, let me get a couple pizzas huh bring uh, out the breadsticks. come on pre- where's the I mean, marinara sauce to the point where apparently at one point i was just asleep on a table <laughs> of course in the were. back room and then I woke up and decided I really wanted a kiss from my wife. And yeah, a, you did. Par- uh, this is so. This is so not me. While and she's talking to a table, I still don't even believe it. Like I need to see security footage. But apparently, I was like chasing her around the restaurant like the Pirates of the Caribbean, trying to get. <laughs> you know, like how they're chasing the women. At yeah, the- no, that's I get it. Apparently, I was like basically chasing my now wife around the restaurant, and be like, "Come on, just one kiss." <laughs> And wow, that does that sounds out of character. I know. I've known you for eleven years. I know it's very not me at all. And I guess she was basically like she realized she couldn't reason with me because I was so blottoed, and she like either either to our roommate Drew or to Joey or Gavin who must have not have been as tanked as I was, and they were just like, "Get my boyfriend the fuck out of here now!" Because I just then was at I just woke up the next morning at home and I was like. Oh, and I texted Lauren. I was like, oh, how was your night? She's like, do you not remember anything? And she told me all that shit. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Wow. Yeah. So that makes up for some of the boring stories I told. No, that's that's fan. All the stories were fantastic. I just Lauren wasn't as jacked back then. I tell no, you. No, she no, she wasn't as she wasn't doing CrossFit. So she wasn't 
I wasn't as scared yeah. of her as I. As I, I was gonna now. say because if you tried that now, she'd probably. Just oh, she would just. Wall. I would have been. I definitely asleep in that back room for sure. <laughs> My glass jaw would not have, would not have held. I've never been. She a, just turns around. I'm. I, as you can probably guess based on my stories, I've never been in a fight, never been in a drunk brawl, none of that shit. Wait, you've never even playing baseball, you never got into a fight, like a bench clearing or anything like that? I've been the cause of a fight because someone like punked me on the field and then everyone came to like my defense, but I've yeah. never come to a I've never had a situation where I, I, I was gonna come to blows, unfortunately. Which I, I think is lame. I think I should like have one scrap. Yeah, I mean as as someone who is quite the opposite. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not like a fun thing. And I've talked about that before. Like when you're in your twenties, it's like, cool. Like, yeah, don't fuck with so-and-so. But when you're in your thirties, you're like, I, I don't, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> use our, let's use our, there's words. a window where, where exactly. there's a window where it feels like it's a, not cool isn't the right word, but like it's a right of appropriate passage rite of passage. I, I'm well outside that way. I can't be, I can't be 35 married with a kid and be like, all right, let's fucking go. As, you want to do especially it? Especially on a baseball field, playing like Sunday league baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm, oh, yeah. yeah. That, those, those days those days have have, uh, have passed me by. Well, and a lot of times it's over the dumbest shit, too. Like, I remember one of the last fights I got into, it was because, you'll like this, it was a guy was talking to my, uh, I not, okay, so this was one of the, Last like full on like bar brawls I got into. I fought a lot when I was in jail and stuff, like, but that's only because you you have to. You when, when you go to jail, you have to fight. How it's, long were you in jail? Uh, which time? <laughs> what was your longest stint? Three months. Oh, that's that's so long to me. As you can <laughs> tell from my stories, time. that's that is so long. That's so yeah, long, Brennan. A couple of weeks here and there, and then three months, and then what did um, you do? A couple of overnight, Brennan. I violated my. You got so concerned. I uh, this is a bit I do on stage, but because most of my stuff I talk about on stage is just stories. Yeah, because you're from a my fucking hack, past. right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> exactly. I'm what's wrong with comedy. Uh, you're one of the comedians that actually your stories are actually from your life, as opposed to yeah. They're. I swear to God, it is embarrassing how late in my life I realized, like, oh, that never happened. Oh, comedians just make stuff up because. That's also the reason they become like TV writers and make shows because they just are good at telling stories and stories don't have to be true to be funny. I'm That's actually something a fucking dumbass. I've been, bat- I've been battling with that, um, and I talked about it a few weeks ago on Rob Roick's episode because he's a comic from Daytona, and I that's something I struggle immensely with. Like to be honest with you, that's something I have a, I have a very hard time with because a lot of the stories that I have, like I've got this scar that goes down my face. I've got scars all over my arms and stuff. And like uh, between the alcohol, we get it. You're fucking cool. (laughs) No, it's not cool. It's very sad. But between the alcoholism and getting arrested and stuff, I like to tell those stories on stage because I can make them funny. And then it gives people the ability to laugh at dark stuff, which I like. But then it becomes this thing where I've had this discussion with my girlfriend where she goes, yeah, but if you just said it like this, that's funnier. And I go, yeah, but that's not the right, truth. Right, right, right. And she goes, well, it doesn't – your job is not to be a truth teller. Your right. job is to be a joke and, teller. And I guess it becomes a very esoteric conversation about like, well, there can be the, – the, there can be truth in the thing that isn't actually something that happened to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. What? And so it becomes this very – like you said, esoteric almost like uh, – 
this weird minutiae that you kind of have to work through of like, well, do I want to be a, someone who tells the truth? So I've got some stories like how I got the scar on my forehead where I will not alter the story at all. Right. And then I've had comics come up to me and say, hey, man, that story's kind of intense. It kind of makes you look like a psycho. <laughs> Long story short, I took a blade to my face to prove a point in a fight. No, that sounds like, reasonable. Kinda, <laughs> I proved my point. Um, but uh, they're like, it kind of makes you look like a psycho. Why don't you say like someone broke a bottle over your head or something like that? Like something a little lighter. And I go D like, no, because that's the story. Yeah. So that's what we're going to tell. But then you do it. And in some rooms, people look at you like you're a psycho. And it's like, oh, that did not go the way <laughs> I planned it to go. I definitely like in like in my early 20s was probably the, the most in my life where people were like, they're like, you're funny. You should like, have you ever thought about like doing stand up? I'm like, why would I do stand up? Nothing interesting happens to me. Like I don't have, like I don't have stories to tell Yeah. because I had no concept that, oh, I'm being lied to every time I consume. Yeah. You, you didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so real quick, just to answer your question. So the three months was, uh, my first DUI, I got a year of probation, um, along with all the other stuff. Better but than I was amateur on probation, baby. I was on a year of probation. Why don't after, I do stand up? <laughs> after after six months, I had, I barely graduated from FAU. I was done with school, though. Graduated by the skin of my teeth. So now it's six months after I had gotten put on probation, but I'm no longer in school. I'm all finished. I'm no longer getting student loans. I can't really afford rent. I don't have a car to drive around. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to head back home. And I just left. Fast forward three years, I've now came to Jacksonville, Florida to go to rehab. I'm now sober. I'm living in a halfway house, driving to an AA meeting, have my seatbelt off in the front seat of a truck. Oh, no. These cops were like, hey, pull it over. So we pull over. They asked me for they I'm not driving because I don't have a license, obviously, because I had a DUI three years prior and I have not touched anything with this DUI. I haven't tried to fix anything, haven't worked anything out, haven't even touched it. <clears throat> cops walk up. I know I have a warrant out because I left probation. Because you, yep. part of your probation was you weren't allowed to leave Jacksonville? No, at the time I was living in South Florida and part of my... So I had... After six months, I still had six more months where I was supposed to check in every month. Oh, 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 I was supposed oh, to do oh, community oh. service. Like, you're not allowed to leave the county unless you get authorization. Right. But you're just like, I did. nah. Well, to be honest, I, I went to get authorization and when I went to my probation officer, she goes, oh, you filled out this section of the form wrong. You have to redo it. And I go... No, no, no. The U-Haul's outside. You told me to fill out this form. I filled it out to give to you to give to the judge. I'm leaving. And she's like, no, you have to redo it. And I go, okay. And I left. <laughs> so then fast forward three years later, they oh. asked me for my license. I make this big hubbub about like, I'm the passenger. I don't need to give you my license because I know I have the warrant. I give my license. This is now in Jacksonville, Florida. So it's like four hours north. They come out, guns drawn. <laughs> Get out of the car, get out of the car. And dude, like it was terrifying. And so get arrested. I get transferred all the way back to South Florida. It takes 36 hours because you have to go in a van, like a little, like a van and Hannibal Lecter style. Like you're crammed this into is, this van. This is my worst nightmare. So you have to stop in every county on your way to wherever you're going because they have to pick up and drop off prisoners. <laughs> so a four and a half hour drive from Jacksonville to South Florida actually took... 36 hours oh it was bad but anyway that's the long story i was gonna say long story short but that's already the long story and when you and when you explain the, that story to the judge i got in front of the judge and the state excuse me not the state 
the probation officer representative for the the Palm Beach County probation system, the representative there asked for nine months. Fucking hell. And I was like, I had at the at this point, because, you know, I was transferred and I was waiting a couple days before I went in front of the judge. I had character witnesses from the, the guy who owned the halfway house. My the two jobs I was working, both bosses from because I, I, I had actually put together some sobriety. Yeah. Like I had gone to rehab. I had like six months sober. Like I was really trying. Um, so they had all these character witnesses and stuff. Best part about it, Tyler, I come out shackled at the hands, shackled at the ankles, sitting like where all the prisoners sit. I was pre-law. Guess who's across the courtroom working for the state prosecutor? All the people I was in pre-law society with. Oh, no. Because it's three years after I finished school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went to law school for three years, and the first thing you do when you get out of law school is go work for the state. So you look across the courtroom. Yeah, literally, that's what happened, dude. That's the guy whose apartment we used to drink at. I walked out... I walked out of the back because they walk all the prisoners out together, shackled, and I look over. I was like, holy shit, Michelle, what's up? <laughs> Dude, it was the best. Um, so then with all the character witnesses and stuff, they uh, they recommended to the judge, I, uh, I do almost no time. And so the judge met in the middle and said three months. Thanks, judge. Yeah, so. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Dude, it was it was bad. But yeah, so like I just wanted to tell you last thing. Um the fighting thing. So when you go to jail, like I said, you you have to fight. Like you you're kind of and especially at that age cuz between the age of uh, like 25 and 30, like I'm not old enough to where people are like, "Oh, don't mess with yeah, me. He's yeah. old." But I'm also <laughs> not young enough to where I'm gonna, like going to I'm going to let anybody punk me. Yeah. And you can't cuz then they'll just take your shit. Like like stuff you don't even think about, like your toothpaste. They'll just take it because they can. Yeah. And you're like Oh, but can I just have my toothpaste back, please? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, and so the last, but the last like bar brawl I was in, I was outside of this really shitty bar in Daytona and my twin sister was talking to this guy and I didn't like the cut of his jib and he just keeps like trying to talk to her and talk to her and me and my twin sister are walking and I'm kind of in between her and him and I'm like, nah, man, it's cool. Like, it's cool. Like just head out like, and we're all wasted. He gets in his car, shuts the door as he's rolling up his window. He goes, well, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I'm a pretty nice guy, man. Fuck you. You know what? Fuck you, Frosted Flake, and rolls up the window. So I turn, and I go, I can't hear you, and I put my head through his window. Shattered it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not missing much from not being in fights. That's like a, that's like one of those stories of, like, that sounds cool, but also, like, that's not cool. <laughs> I well, I don't know if you've ever gotten beamed in the face by a ball, but like if you've ever been yeah. knocked out standing up. I've never been knocked out, no. Um, but like I hit it and I stood up and you I was blacked out, but I was stand like I was standing, but I was blacked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kinda came to and I was like, Well, that was a bad idea. And I tried to do the thing where you think like maybe if I act like a psycho, they won't want to yeah, fight yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started punching myself in the face, being like, I'm the fucking thing you have nightmares about. Like, you don't want to fight me. Well, there's three of them. So they ended up just beating the piss out of me. (laughs) Yeah. And I was already blacked out from putting my head through the window. I'm going to have to edit all this out because people get mad when I tell too many stories about me. What? You know how it is. I, I guess. Well, I, I, you guys have a different dynamic on the AD. Yeah, we just tell the, the we show, just it's, it's the same eight stories over and over again on our show, <laughs> and I and I don't remember any of them, so they're new to me every single time, except for Mike's Mike in the cab in Las Vegas. That's 
That's oh what yeah. Fit every time. I'm like, no. Where he got out? No, no, Mike. Well, Brennan, thank you for having me. Thank you for indulging my not very exciting drunk stories. No, this was fun, man. Plug everything one more time. The after disaster, you are the president. I am the president. Uh, this, I'm in my second term. Um, it's. Don't worry. We don't need to stop the steal. There was nothing. There's no audits happening. It was all above board. Um, uh, yeah, I have a podcast that's five dollars a month. That that <laughs> I don't know. I was to tell you if you if you want to, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/afterdisaster and give us five dollars and check it out for a month, um, or just don't. There's enough podcasts out there. Uh, and um, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Tyler Ruins TV. That's the best probably the best online version of me is 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 uh twitter so if you if you it is a good follow if you give a shit about if if you give a shit about anything that i've said or if you just want to like get some updates on the masuzu amigo um yeah for sure i'm your guy boom right there thank you everybody so much for listening remember uh at brennan t comedy on all social media brennan t comedy.com wait go ahead can i plug something that has nothing to do with me but is tangentially something to do with you? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so I have a friend that I played baseball with. We've talked about this. It sounds exactly like you. His name is Kurt. Oh yeah, Kurt we have Neal. talked about this. He's also a comedian, um, and, but he does more. He's more in the like making movies and stuff. He is raising money right now to make his next feature film. He made his first one, which is called Derek's Dead. It is on. Amazon. Saw the trailer for that. It is love it. It is very funny. It's a great watch. If you can find Derek's Dead online on any of the streaming sites, please watch it. It's very funny. He's also the best baseball player I've ever played with in the terms of we'd show up to a game and he'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna hit two home runs today. And then he'll fucking do it. And like kids will come up and ask him to autograph baseballs. It's the what? It's, it's incredible. It's whatever. So don't follow me on online. Don't fuck with any of my shit. Kurt is raising money right now. Let me pull it up. Let me let me let me do this man a solid. Uh hold on one second. Sorry. We fund it's We Funder. He's making a rom com called You Wanna Go for a Drive. Um This is such a It sounds like it could be a rom com or a horror movie. Th- Kurt, this is a ter yeah, well it is kind of because they, they join a cult um on their first they they go for a date and they join a cult. Uh comics all thinking alike. Just go to wefunder.com slash you want to go for a drive new kind of rom-com. <laughs> That's oh, a come terrible on. URL. Kurt, you got it. That, I got to talk to Kurt about that. I'll put it, I'll put it in the notes. Okay. I'll put it in the, you put it in the notes. notes. Uh, if you like Brennan, uh, give my friend Kurt your money because they're kind of like the <laughs> same. <laughs> there that's the weirdest plug that i maybe anyone has ever done on a podcast but uh you do tell me i do sound just like him and i've i've watched the trailer to that movie and i do sound just like you guys sound it's incredible yeah it's it makes me happy sometimes i close my eyes and pretend i'm talking to kurt when i talk to you and it makes me feel like like a little bit bit better (laughs) thanks buddy yeah no problem (laughs) thank you everybody for listening remember uh patreon.com forward slash brennan tassif Check out uh, BrennanTComedy.com for those of you who are longtime listeners. You know, I will be moving to New York City in July. Oh, that's right. It's so finally I, happening. Yes, it is. So I do have a farewell to Florida tour uh, all through June. I'm going to be in all over the state of Florida saying goodbye, doing shows where I have friends, family, exes, you know, all sorts of will people. Will you be driving yourself or having the police escort you in a van? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be driving myself because I am three years sober this month and I've got all my shit back together. Hell I've got my license yes. cleaned up. Hey, what's yeah, on so, uh, what's on that board behind you? Uh, that's actually a joke I've been working on about rehab. 
Is that how you work on your jokes? On a big yeah, whiteboard? So I, yeah, I, I think of a premise and then I do the premise on stage. I record all my sets and I'll do the premise on stage and voice record it. And then I'll listen back to it. And then I take it to the whiteboard and like write it out and kind of figure out where, where to go from there. That is wild. Yeah, so that one up there now I'm still working on. But it says rehab, best drinking buddy slash party people you meet in rehab. Uh, that might sound negative, but statistically almost everyone in there is going to relapse. And that, that, that'll be, that'll be the most fun you've ever had partying. Normal people will be like, Brennan, you can't start at 7:30 AM before work, but rehab friends are like, obviously we're having shots for breakfast. How else do you start the day? I love, I love that you approach a craft that is stand-up comedy with the way that looks like someone is working on their like corporate it's a job, man. Presentation like like, like power PowerPoint. No, I hundred percent it's a job, and people don't respect yeah. what you do enough. And by you, I mean the collective comedians in um, general. Yeah, I think I think people you. respect you probably the, appro- the appropriate amount. Um, but uh, <laughs> don't flex while I say that. That's weird. <laughs> people respect me as much as I goddamn tell them to. I've been I've been staring at that whiteboard the entire time we've been doing this. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to have my head up and then you bring it up on the show. Oh, uh, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. It's not weird. It's literally just uh, it's the promotion I do when we do it on Twitch. <laughs> I know. It's just. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Oh, I guess it is weird. Now that you said it, I don't ever use it. <laughs> I sorry. use this one more I'm than so anything. Sorry I did that to you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Brandon. Thank you for staying up yeah, late. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Ciao. All right. Oh, I, I don't have to hang up. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, let me hit stop. Stop.